Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's been a kind of, um, I'd say, slightly positive weekend. A one-all draw at uh, Swansea Switty with a great uh, late equaliser from Andy Yudum. He's the man you'd want in that situation, is it? Because we wouldn't really want our strikers at the moment because they are looking well and truly off form. Well, to help me talk through this uh, positive uh, weekend is Dave Stevens. Hi, Dave. Hey, Paul. How are you? Doing pretty well. Eventful weekend, but ready to talk some uh, some Reading Football Club. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get some uh, Reading FC chat, as they'd say. In, <laughs> uh, was it Mrs. Merton World? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I've also been joined by Matt Lensley. Hi, Matt. Hello. So, what was your both your reactions then to kind of the first few minutes of that game when we have a comedic, pretty poor goal, I'd say we conceded in the third minute, Dave. What were you thinking at that point, moment? Uh, sort of pretty common theme recently. Um, really excited, thinking, okay, we've had good week, good kind of comeback midweek. Not a great performance, but a good comeback. Uh, let's take that to the league. Let's let's like turn things around. And then within minutes, it's all just gone and fallen apart again. Um, and then it just seems like as soon as we go behind, everyone's just, oh, well, we're going to lose now. Uh, fans, players, everyone else. And uh, and I'm just very frustrated. Uh, after, after about five minutes, it was just, you know, the, the game was soured already. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It was it was a struggle. I mean, I tweeted out something like, "If I was at the game, I'd be tempted to go home now." <laughs> <laughs> just kind of we've seen it so many times in our previous eleven matches under Gomez's uh, management. We've seen us pick up only four points when we've conceded the first time um, from a possible thirty-three. That's not going to convince you that this is going to end up okay. But luckily, it did. What did you make of the goal that we conceded, Matt? Um, well, it, it was a pretty good goal from from their point of view, but I always do think when you got three centre backs in the middle, he was pretty much unmarked between I can't remember who who, who it was if it was Morrison and um, and Moore I think, um, but it, it was it was pretty much unmarked, and you just think when you got three centre backs, it was a brilliant cross, but so early in the game and like you say, it's just you just start thinking, hey, brilliant, here we go again, like and and. It's just so it's it seems to be more of a common theme. I mean, you had it a lot under Clement conceding early in both halves. It seems to be almost creeping into this this um, Gomez team now as well of late. So, yeah, I didn't think it was great from Tyler Blackett on the cross. He's got to put a bit more effort in there to actually stop that cross. Mm-hmm. I think um, Morrison, like you say, with three central defenders, you'd hope to get on the end of that. But it was a perfect cross. You're not going to stop all goals. That that's impossible. But it was interesting for me that the first person that Tyler Blackett looked at and kind of blaming indirectly was Morrison for not actually getting the header. But actually, if you'd have stopped the cross, Tyler, or put maybe a little bit more effort into that, you could have stopped it at source. Um, kind of huffed and puffed after that, didn't we, Matt? Yeah, well, it, it was it, it was a bit of a strange, strange first half, really, because obviously we go, go behind so early and then Puskas had that, golden chance I think it's about 15 minutes in or so and somehow somehow missed <laughs> um and then and then you had all the confusion in in the first half when Tyler Blackett went off injured and and it was 
it's a bit embarrassing really what watching the rest of that first half. She had about a 10, 15 minute segment of the game where you had players passing around a tiny little piece of paper and no one really seemed seemingly <laughs> knowing what to do. And what watching it, it certainly seemed like it. I mean, and how we didn't concede again is, I guess you can maybe say that's a positive that we, we, we somehow <laughs> hung on for, for one nil game. It is, because Swansea but... were not that impressive at all, were they? They really weren't. I didn't I... think they were that great. I was pretty impressed by how how they were passing it. I thought they they were very good on the ball, um, and really we, we we just couldn't do anything in the first half. We couldn't we 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 couldn't hold the ball. The only chance really we had was that Puskas Puskas chance where he scored it. I think then Lucas Jowett had shot from about thirty thirty five yards, and that was that was pretty much it for the first half. Um, Swansea controlled it really well. We were lucky not to be two down. I thought especially. Yeah, the, but as we say, disorganised, you would think a team would be mm. able to, the second in the league would be to take more from that. But we've got to talk more about that Puskas miss. Mm. I'm seeing this occurring almost on a weekly basis now, and it's happening in the same style, going over the bar. And it it feels like everything's always happening too quickly for him at the moment when the chances is coming to him. Cross comes in from a corner, which he worked really nicely. Jordan Abita has a chance, which he kind of slashes it and misses as well. So maybe Puskas isn't expecting it. But from six yards out, even slightly inside the six-yard box, and you think any kind of connection there, and we're probably going to see a goal or a wonder save, one of the two. It's just... I don't know how he yeah. managed to get over the bar. I mean, Dave, talk me through it. I, what did I you feel think? like... So I've watched this back a few times. Um, I'm going to qualify this by saying, first of all, he should have scored. <laughs> I'm not going to give this anything where like he's blameless here. He should have scored this. He should have got something on it. The only thing I can find um, in his defense, if you watch, um, uh, if you watch the, the angle where you're facing Pushkas, the one that's facing him, um, as it comes to him, just as he's coming in, He's tussling with a defender, which is meaning he's he's been pulled slightly back. Not a foul, nothing wrong with it, but like he's slightly off balance uh, in the fact that he's then leaning backwards. And then as the ball comes in, just before it gets to him, it hits the turf and comes up just a tiny bit. Like it's not like a, it's, it hasn't like hit a divot, nothing like that, but it, it's bounced up a little bit, maybe a little bit more than he's expecting. So I think the combination of him then leaning back and it kind of rising a little. I don't think he makes a connection that he's thinking he's going to make, and that's how it goes over. It's kind of like um, yesterday, uh, Gunn had uh, a similar thing. He hit the bar because it, it divoted up just a little bit in front. Of him. Um, but yeah, it's it's a constant thing from from Pushkas, so I don't know that we can really say it's nothing to worry about because clearly, you know. If you fall into that ball, it's probably going to head towards the goal. So uh, you would you would hope that he would be putting those away. Well, I think I think it's quite interesting when you look at a lot of his chances as well. A lot of his chances he's getting underneath the ball as well. I mean, even even his even his goals really is his first goal. It was into the top of the net. He had the one last week where it, which it was a it was a difficult chance, but again puts it over the bar and he's put pretty much all of his chances from six yards over the bar as well. So I mean, I don't know if it's his technique at the moment that he's getting under the ball and scooping it up and over but it's definitely I think something that he needs to look at definitely but how much of this is going to change though if he does manage to get any kind of goal just confidence and all of a sudden he's going to need to get more than one goal because as we were saying earlier before we started recording Matt was saying we saw the two goals against Cardiff so he's had that 
but he needs to get goals in consecutive matches. Obviously, we need to start with the first one straight away. But I just he just doesn't relax when he gets the ball. And he was really affecting his whole performance in the first half. His hold-up play was nearly non-existent. He was bouncing off him. He was giving poor passes. And more than once, he gave a pass straight back into the midfield to a Swansea player. Mm. I mean, this is not what you want to do with a Swansea team that always kind of really good at moving the ball quickly up the pitch. Mm. I mean, Joe was exactly the same when he came on, but it's just uh, in the first half, he improved in the second half. But it's just a worry with Puss because we've spent so much money on him. I think and I've seen basic errors. You can pretty much say it was his worst performance in a Reading shirt because there was nothing really of his performance yesterday that really looked good. His, like say, his his, his hold-up play was awful. His touch was awful. There were so many times when the ball came into him, he, he he'd take a bad touch and then lose it, lose it on the next touch, and that they just worked. Like I, I was a bit surprised he survived all the way through the game. To be fair, because you would have thought with how he was playing. I mean, I know Shell already came on, so. That, Bit limited on what they probably could have brought on, but it it was, it it was his worst worst performance by quite a long way, I think. But yeah, yeah I do think confidence was. is going to come in though. I think if um, the type of striker he's playing as and and seems to be, um, he's meant to be in those positions where he's like six to twelve yards out and he's just applying a finish. Mm. Um, we have the separate issue that didn't come up yesterday of his one-on-ones and, and those, but let's put that aside. Like he's kind of, we're expecting him to get into dangerous positions and just apply the final touch. Mm. And I feel like a, a striker like that, once you've buried like three, four of them, then you're flying and you're, you're good. So I, I do think um, if it comes for him, he'll be fine. But He's had a lot of chances to <laughs> to get that on underway, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, I think... Yeah, he's not a striker that can say he hasn't had the opportunities. If he was going to stood up front and he was getting one chance every three games, you'd say, OK, well, we're going to have to stick with him. The one thing you can say, and he keeps on getting into positions to score, there was one near the end of the first half when he was... He had an opportunity to shoot in the penalty area. He might not have scored, but he hesitated. And I think with the confidence, he would have had a shot. Whether it had gone in, I don't know. But you just, yeah, it's frustrating when you see a player like that. I think, I think that's that that's the key thing. I think that that I think we've got to look at and think he's getting in the positions, which which is normally the most hardest thing for for a striker to do. He's getting in in the positions. He just needs to, whether it's mental or you know confidence, he just needs to get get those few few goals coming and then and then you you think that they'd start start flowing the goals really because you he, he's got the talent we've seen what he can do so yeah no I think he will get some goals hopefully I mean I don't want another one of those Reading FC as soon as we go above about 500,000 they turn into complete and utter donkeys we do not <laughs> want to see that scenario our history with anything that's above a million pounds I think the only one we've ever had that was actually decent a million pounds is probably Leroy Lita and that's about it. Once we go above that, we really struggle. It's horrific. I mean, I could bring back memories of Greg Halford, MSA Faye. <laughs> Just such such wonderful times. But there was a moment in the 21st minute where the Tyler Blackett going off, unfortunate injury, there was nothing we could do about that. Jao came on, which in itself maybe had been slightly surprising when we got Tom, Macken- Tom McIntyre sat on the bench. But the the way that we looked so disorganised after that was just, it worried me. It worried me. Um, Dave, what did you make of that? So with the 
So there's two components to that. So the, the first part, uh, Jao coming on um, instead of a like-for-like -like replacement. Um, all I could think was that Gomez had a plan that he was going to start with three at the back. And then as the game wore on, if we were doing okay, then he was going to bring Jao on and move to four at the back. And that was his next move. And he had his subs planned out based on that. So then when Blackett got injured, Blackett was going to be the one to come off maybe already. And then he didn't want to change his the order of his subs or what he does or what his plan was. So he just did it earlier. Um, or he's a kamikaze maniac. It's one or the other, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that it was the first one. He didn't want to bring on Tom McIntyre and then later when they needed a goal, because he knew that we were going to keep needing a goal, um, he was limited. The other part is the disorganization. Um, this I don't understand because I think there's a common theme here. Um, a substitution, no one knew where they were meant to go. Um, Jao himself didn't seem to really know where he was meant to come on. This piece of paper being passed around, which who knows what. Um, later on, the, the, the uh, substitution of uh, Barrett for Boy, um, that seemed to be confused as well. And and then just the general fact that the last couple of weeks we've looked exhausted and it's <laughs> October coming up. Um, it's not a great sign, is it? No. But what was on this organizing paper? Things. Was it the Matrix or something? I don't know what was on there. It's is one of those riddles so that you pass around. It, yeah, they were like, have you, three, you got any idea? Yeah. To four, I don't know, yeah. It was just like, it, it gets swapped from three to four at the back. It's not that complex. Yeah, it wasn't it, a dramatic change. There weren't that many players that would change position in in that switch. So, like, how many things had to be conveyed? You know, uh, it was strange. There, 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 there was a couple of things I was confused by because you say about them having or Gomez having the game plan from from the start to change two or four at the back at some point. I don't really see why you do that in that situation because you think you're twenty minutes into the into a game, and like, like I mean, we have seen these kamikaze Gomez substitutions in, in the past happening after half-time and you, you end up with four or five strikers on the pitch. But with, with 20 minutes gone, you, like, it, it, everything just seems so, so confused. And you just you think, why, why are you switching from, from a three at the back that we're obviously going to stick with now going forwards um, to, to a four, four at the back? And it, 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 it just... It just well, it, that, that, there was no organisation, there was no leadership, and that was the that was the other thing. Like you would have hoped that you know Liam Moore on the pitch would have just well, after even you know a few minutes, you know three, four, five minutes, just seeing what what was in front of him, and then just said right, right guys, at the next goal kick, we or we need a couple of people to go over to Gomez and just uh, even just discuss it, you know, have. A twenty-second pep talk. Just say, look, look, Gaffer. We don't know what we're doing here. You know, we've got this piece of paper, but we don't. And it was so clear to see. And you just, they, you just look at that and you just think, where is the leadership? There was nothing. There was nothing for fifteen minutes. And you just think, how is that? How is that happening? Is that coming from the Gaffer? Is that coming from the players? And it, it was the only word you can really use for it is shambolic. Really, it is pretty amateurish. And how we managed to start the second half with 10 men when you must have been planned during half time that Lucas boy was going to come off because how Lucas boy stayed on the pitch. I'm not quite sure because he got the yellow card, which was a clear one. And 
I, if that was against me and there was a player playing against Reading, I'd say that's a red card. Pulling a player back, that's a second 100%. yellow card. Really should have been one. And I can see why the Swansea manager was so upset by that. Obviously, I'm not going to worry about that because it didn't happen. But I can see why he was frustrated because it was as clear as it could be. Um, well, it's, any, it's, it's, it's one of those where you, to use the cliche, anywhere else on the pitch and it's a yellow. And you just think that if, 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 if it was against you, it doesn't matter that he's on a yellow card. It's, it was blatant. Yeah. And it, 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 it just... I know. I think what's it? Boyer's got got the nickname of being the bull or something from his from his hometown because of how many times he gets into fights with defenders and stuff. I think that was said when he joined the club. And you just think that is just so amateurish. And for for, for someone to do that when you're one nil down away from home, a, a team that is going top of the league, you just think where is where where, where well again where, where is the leadership on the pitch for someone just to say to him because it wasn't the first time he did it either. He could have probably had, you know, at least two or three yellow cards in the pit on in the game boy in the first half. And at least we managed to get away with that one, though. So that yeah. is some good bit of news. And refereeing sometimes recently hasn't been of the highest standard against us. And I think that was a quality bit of refereeing there. Yeah, Just to give I feel like it was leveling it up a bit, right? So we've had so many bad refereeing decisions. We we mm-hmm. got away with that, which he should have been off. And it's a bit like. Um, Remember the Leeds game last year at home when Luke Ailing should have been sent off and he wasn't. Ref was just like, "Oh, I'm not touching that." Ref were here, like he had to know. Like he went, he went and spoke to him, and he. I, I swear, if you had a mic on the ref, he would have been like, "Look, I should be sending you off right now, but I feel sorry for you guys because you're a shambles right now. But yeah. you can stay on, but like stop." I'd love to hear him say that. That would have been great. Wouldn't I, it? Yeah, I'm just gonna. I, I won't be told otherwise. That's what he said uh, in my head. That's that's mm. fine, but. Uh, yeah, I think so, one one more chance. So he was there to go and one, yeah. one one more. So it was clearly what. Yeah, but, thankfully we yeah. got him off. I mean, but just before half time, there also um, uh, our goalkeeper Raphael made a really good save from uh, Ayo, and that would have been a game changer. He's through one on one. Probably the angles closed up too much for Ayo to have a really good opportunity to dink it over him. But still, if he gets that goal there, it's 2-0, it's game over. I thought Raphael was pretty good yesterday, and I think he's been really solid since he's joined the club. I can't think of a clear mistake that he's made. Um, he's not spectacular. He's not as kind of, um, he's not as loud as Emi Martinez. He doesn't maybe make the absolutely sensational saves. But I can't think of a goal that he's let in that you think, oh, he definitely should have saved that. Um, he doesn't drop crosses. Every shot that comes to him, it doesn't bounce off him. I'd say he's a pretty top-end championship goalie. Would you agree with that, Dave? Yeah, I've been very impressed. I thought he was very good yesterday. Um, Swansea, I feel like um, that first half, they didn't really feel the need to do anything too crazy. Like it was, They were passing around us with ease. They were controlling the game. I don't think they really felt the need to step it up. Um, but when they did go forward... He does give you that level of confidence um, and he's growing into it as well. Like at first he was making some good saves, like first couple of games. And um, then he was kind of coming and claiming a few more crosses. And, and I just feel like at this point he's comfortable now. He knows his defenders. And um, yeah, I've been very happy with the signing. I think he's a really good keeper. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he's good. Um, so the second half was a bit... It was one of those ones when I just felt we're going to keep playing here, keep going, keep going. And until about the 70th minute, we were, I wouldn't say on top, because it was not shot after shot, because it really wasn't. 
But we look like the more dominant team. Swansea, I'm not quite sure why they took up this mode. They decided they were just going to protect what they had. That's what it felt like. And they were going to counter-attack on us. And they had a couple of opportunities, which I think maybe they wasted. But there was one good moment in the 70th minute from Ajari when he goes past three or four players. And it was a really tight angle. What did you think of Obi Ajari yesterday, Matt? Um, it, it was another another steady performance, really. It wasn't, wasn't any guns and whistles or anything um but it, that that one chance he had getting past three players within about five yards of each other it was such a good run and you just look at him and you just think that oh well he he he, he is a difference maker and i think with 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 with, with confidence he he is going to be a sensational sensational player um but it, it was it was another steady six out of ten performance really and I think as as long as we keep getting performances like that out of him you know he's gonna have a very very good season um but it, it, it was it was a strange second half really I thought and it, it was one that we did we controlled but I think a lot of fans have blown it out of proportion a bit with how on top we were because apart from that OV chance and the goal we didn't really create anything and it was one of those where you were just watching it and you just thought where is a goal coming from? There was there was nothing really. I mean, Swansea didn't really have anything themselves, and we controlled the game, but we just did we just didn't do anything with it. And that like there, there was no there was no clear chances. They were passing it round, but it was just another one of those almost Reading type possession, but nothing at the end of it kind of kind of mode. So. Yeah, I could see why the Swansea manager was saying afterwards that he felt kind of comfortable until the goal. Because I think uh, I was watching it and I was thinking, I'm beginning to lose heart here. Definitely watching this because we've been here too many times and being damaged by <laughs> wasting two hours watching Reading and just thinking, why have I actually bothered doing that? Because I know we're never going to score. But thankfully, someone did come up at the end and uh, with a really good strike. You took us through the goal, Dave, because that was, I think, a really nice goal. Yeah, so I think the goal, the best part about it was it was the contrast to everything we struggled with prior to that. So I think we did control to a certain extent the second half, but playing devil's advocate, I feel like maybe Swansea let us. Uh, they kind of let us have the ball, and then they just overloaded that final third uh, to where they always cut out the final pass. So what had happened for the goal, um, again, we attacked down through the middle. Um, Joao picked up the ball and he passed it into Swift and like it was just a cluster of bodies around there like, like white shirts black shirts like everyone was in that central area very tight uh, so short passing between the two uh, to Swift uh, Swift back to Zhao and then how we broke through was then um, uh, Yadam coming up from the right they hadn't expected that. There, there was no one covering him. So it was like, finally, we had the man advantage. Uh, Zhao puts like a delightfully placed ball. Like the technique, when you watch it back, the way he like shapes his foot to get the, the angle on the ball is just poetry. But uh, puts it out wide. Uh, Yadam coming in, hits it across the goalkeeper into the bottom left corner. And, uh, oh, was it top left? I can't even remember at this point. Uh, great analysis, but uh, it went across the keeper anyway, and it was a, a cracking finish, like a great hit, a great strike. Um, my favourite part was, uh, if you watch it back, you see uh, John Swift 
Um, he thinks that him and Zhao are just passing it back and forth and Zhao's overhit it. Then he starts to run for the ball and then he just realises what's happening and stops. But uh, a <laughs> nice little moment where he's like, oh, what have you done that for? You know? <laughs> ah, I see your plan. <laughs> <It's worth> yeah. <laughs> but I also see the Swansea player give a little bit of a dig to Zhao when he's kind of like oh, yeah. picking the ball yeah. out of the back of the net and you think, oh, <laughs> there, there, there's your real emotion there just coming out. It was nothing. It was no like, yellow card or anything. It was just kind of petulance, wasn't it? It was just a bit of frustration what you see from players. But yeah, just I thought Andy Yudin was definitely our man of the match yesterday. Mm. And yeah, I wasn't expecting him maybe to score. But he was just really good. Last season when we played at Swansea, he got a bit tortured by Daniel James, who's gone on to do some quite decent things for Manchester United. So he's a half-decent player. But yesterday, he was a standout player. And one of those things, as you were saying, Matt, earlier, I think he is a leader. I think he does push the team on. And yeah, he does make mistakes. He's not a perfect player. But I think you'd want him in your team in this situation. And to have the responsibility in that last seconds, really, last minutes of the game, to how many times do we see players shank that and hit it miles wide or over the bar? It just the pressure's on you in that moment. It's a pure mm. technique. I mean, how relieved were you when that went in, Matt? Oh, well, it was just... It, it was so unexpected. I think that was why it was so so much of a relief because I think Dave summed it up perfectly there with, with, with the, it was pretty like that goal was everything that we hadn't done in that game. The passing, it was fast. There was movement. It was what you cry out for when you play the kind of football that we do. Um, And for some reason we left it to the 90th minute to finally engage any sort of that, that, that kind of football. And, um, but it it, it was a fantastic goal. And I think it, it was, it was another brilliant performance from, from um from Yadam. It was actually it was I was quite surprised after the game. I think I saw I saw a stat on Twitter about um Andy Yadom. He's been in the championship, I think it's about three and a half years, played I can't remember it was it's about eighty or seventy five odd games and uh, and only won about eighteen or so of them, I think. Don't don't quote me for it. But it, it it's it's quite surprising really because he is a fantastic, fantastic player. Um he, he does sometimes get a bit of the bit of the Chris Gunter syndrome and um, get get a bit out or pulled out of place a bit or find himself way out in front but I mean uh, it, when when you think of the kind of um, defender he is or wing back almost that, that he likes to be he, he, he's, he's a very complete wing back because it, it's, it's not the first time he's he's cracked a shot for us he had the one at Huddersfield where he hit the crossbar he scored a couple last year um, but he, he, he I'm I'm not sure he he is as big a leader on the pitch as he could be, um, but 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 he's I think definitely the long the longer he's here he, he's he should definitely start commanding quite a bit of respect from all the players because he's definitely one of our best players and best attributes in the team really. So yeah, I think one of the best things about him is he will make a mistake, but it won't affect his game. Mm. He seems to just continue at big the game. same level afterwards, which he was previously before that. And I think some of our players, and Puskas being a prime example at the moment, is the confidence is just shot. And once a player gets into that mood, mood it's not easy to get them out of it. And maybe even for someone like Lucas Jow, setting up a goal in that last minute gives him a feeling of that he's part of the team, even though he hasn't scored. But it's still important to put that perfect pass in. And like Dave said, that was poetic. It was yeah. beautiful weight. And, it and was it, good. it's about playing the percentages as well, right? So Jow... From where he was, he couldn't have scored. There was a wall in front of him. Um, so for him to have that, like, um, 
ability to to look up and say, right, this isn't the right choice for me to shoot here. To be aware that the Adam's running up from the right. He hadn't been doing it every move, so he had to had to clock him. Um and then to lay it off like that that shows some cohesion. And I think with the Adam himself, like he's not only does he not let mistakes affect him, uh he's also he's always willing to step up. Like even when other heads have dropped. Um I remember first half there was a really great piece of play where we were kind of getting pegged back into that right our right back area, like that corner. And he stepped in and got the ball and instead of just hoofing it forward. He brought it in field. He ended up in like a defensive midfield position in the middle and then laid it off to the left. And, and then suddenly now we're, we're attacking out. And then he doesn't like then run on or, or shout and he just trots back to his position. He's ready for the next thing. Like there's just a stability and a, and a willingness to put yourself on the line that I think others can, can definitely learn from uh, with the Adam. Yeah, he didn't even really celebrate the goal that much. <laughs> it's a bit strange to, celebrate like... to be doing his celebrating for me. <laughs> yeah, I think a bit of that. From, them, but... <laughs> yeah, I think Morrison slightly was celebrating because of um, obviously because of the actual goal, but also because maybe it was slightly his fault for the goal that Swansea scored. You know, the runner going free. But I think that's been a little bit harsh on Morrison. I think it was a perfect cross. So we now uh, have uh, eight points, which is not exactly anything to be getting that excited about in our position, but it's progress. And last week I was a bit upset and all the other people on the podcast about the fact that it was so easy for Blackburn to beat us. So we've shown some fight. We also saved some fight against uh, Wolves during the week. Ultimately, I know we did lose that, but that's a penalty shootout. But two late goals are signs of a team that are prepared to go right until the end. Now, there are spells in that match when you're thinking, where the hell is this plan and what are we trying to achieve here? But if you're managing to play not really at your best and still managing to get results against a team that was due to go top of the league, that's got to be a positive, I think. Have we found the solution to everything? No, definitely not. But it's a good step forward as long as we get some half-decent results in the next few weeks and starting with Fulham on Tuesday night. Now, that... As we know, over the last few years, we've had a few interesting evenings, games, afternoons, beatings against Fulham. We've also had some uh, rather enjoyable evenings against uh, Fulham. Uh, I can think of a playoff semi-final. We won't bother mentioning what happened after that. But the semi-final <laughs> itself was very enjoyable. I remember Fulham getting upset after that match, as they always do. They seem to have a... I don't know why. They seem to think they're up there with Chelsea. I, I'm quite sure how this works out for Fulham fans, but they're not quite there, are they? But they have got a half-decent team that will definitely be in the top six at the end of the season, you would imagine, if not going for automatic. But they're only 10th in the league as we speak and only one win in their last five matches. The last one coming against Wigan on Friday. How do you think this is going to go, Dave? So there are a lot of variables in play here. So Fulham are a good team. They've got great players. Um, and like you say, they'll probably be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Um they are playable, though. Like, you see a lot of teams... It's not like somebody gets a freak result against them, um, like like you see with Leeds right now. Some beats Leeds, it's like, oh, wow. Um, you're not that surprised when you find that Fulham have maybe drawn a game that they're expected to win or, or maybe even lost. Um, so that's in our favour. Uh, <laughs> the concern is there are a lot of variables on our side, too, which um, include whether we turn up 
for kickoff or 10 minutes later, um, whether we've worked out what system we're playing and who needs to go where, um, whether we're going to finish our chances, things like that. So um, terrible answer to the question of what do I think is going to happen. Um, it's a massive unknown for me. Um, I would equally believe that we would get something from this game and also be um, kind of two down before half time and just give up. So it's it's a hard one to call. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a really key one because if we even if we managed to get a draw out of this game against Fulham, I think that would be an okay result, considering our home form has been abysmal. Really, um, you can't look at it any other way. We managed to lose three games and win one. That is not an impressive run to the start of the season, is it? But they've obviously got Mitrovic, they've got Kearney, they've got Nakard as well. There's some quality players in that Fulham team. Um, if we get them on a good day. Uh, for them, we could be in deep trouble here. What are you thinking, Matt? Um, well, I think it's one that I think if Gomez wants to relieve some of the some of the pressure on him, he has to win. Um, I know it, it's 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 hard labelling a, a a match like that against such a good team as a must win. But I think when I look at Fulham, um, I wasn't really over, overly impressed when when Scott Parker got 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 announced. I thought that it 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 end up being found out quite quite soon really and I think you're already seeing that really because they 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 keep the ball very well and they've got so much quality on their team when you look at their front nine of Caballero, Mitrovic and um, Knockart and Kearney in behind I mean it, it's 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 a team that really that 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 is a team that should be you know top two um but but they but they it's it's a strange team really because because it, you well, I just can't really see much of a plan in their team apart from apart from possession. I mean, they they seem to have a bit of bit of stand ball in, implemented into their system of keep keep the ball, make nine on a thousand passes like they did against Millwall, and everything will be fine. Um, but they're, they're they're not creating a huge amount. They're not really creating a huge amount, and and they're not on a brilliant run either. Which yeah. which, which I think if 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 Gomez really wants to start taking strides forwards you know it's it's at home it's it's midweek you know he's got to he's got to start getting wins somewhere otherwise if if it's a draw he's just kicking the can down the road um and i think if 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 it, if it's a loss then you're going to bristol city away at the weekend and you and you're all, already just fearing the worst really but like I, like it, it's it's not something i want to say this early but you know it, it's it's almost a must win i think really for him yeah i think mm. it's it's a big one. If we manage to win that game, it would relieve so much pressure on him because that's a, that we've seen as um, a win against Fulham is always seen as a good one in the last three or four years because of the quality of players that they got, the history between the two teams. And I'm not saying that we're rivals because we're obviously not. But just the fact that we played each other in so many big games and there's been a um, uh, little bit of history there. I feel... I don't know. We just got to get that first goal. We must get that first goal. If we concede first, I feel that even at home, that's going to be such a huge pressure. Mm. And the kind of, I can't see how much longer it's going to be before the crowd start to get really a little bit arsy because continuously do, losing at home is draining. I do kind of think if, if 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 there's a loss on Tuesday, I think that will almost be not not the turning point, but you will start hearing the booze at the end of the game and. It, it, it like it will almost be the ticking clock almost starting really I think because that you know you can't get to to October in twenty twenty first first place or worse 
when you've spent the amount of money that Gomez has spent, really, yeah. um, and with 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 the potential that that's that's in this team, and like like you said, given given our home record, our home record's not been good, and if 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 they want to keep the crowd on side, we've got to keep our home record, you know, positive, um, which it just simply isn't at the moment. So, no, it's, the home form is absolutely dreadful, like I just said, but I do feel that I want to go for a two all draw. What are you going to say, Dave? What is your score prediction? Just based on hope more than reality. Based, based on but, hope, I'm I'm going to uh, I'll regret this, but I'm going to say it. One 0 win to Redham. I think this is this is going to be a turning point, um, cool. and Fulham are going to be livid because they'll have a load of chances. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to that already. I hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Matt, what you what's your prediction? I'm actually going to be very positive and because I don't actually really rate Fulham that much um yeah. I, I I don't really like as long as long as we can keep Mitrovic and Knockout quiet I think that we we, we we could have a very good very good evening and the I saw a tweet the other day about the Swansea game the equaliser being very similar to the Jan Kermigan equaliser against Cardiff that was for I think that's for a 1-0 win the Kermigan one but it is kind of similar and I'm going to go for 2-0 to Reading. Okay. Yeah. So I'm actually the most pessimistic, which is, which is unusual for me. <laughs> I'm normally the one that's kind of like bigging the bigging us up slightly. So yeah, hopefully you are, you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back um, uh, after the game of Fulham on the Wednesday night. Hopefully talking about a win. We'll see how that goes. And if you've enjoyed it. Get to subscribing and obviously give us a ratings on iTunes. That would be really good. And uh, five stars. That is what we prefer. And uh, hopefully we were talking about a win. <sighs> yeah, I know. We're all slightly, slightly anxious about that, but we'll see how it goes. Cheers.